Today, uh, we're going to have a, a renewal, a vow renewal. And so uh, I know y'all checking out that aren't married, right? You're like, yeah, it's not for me today. The Bible is always for you. Any word that we speak from the word will be relevant to you today. I promise you that. Okay? But like I said last week, when we went after godly husbands, right? We're going to go after godly wives this week. And I'm going to ask my wife to join me in that uh, a little bit later. And um, guys, I'm telling you, um, this should relate to us even more than godly husbands, okay? Because, well, I don't want to let the cat out of the bag. You'll get that later. Let me pray for us. Father God, I'm so grateful for your word. I'm so grateful for the word of God. I'm so grateful for the spirit of truth. I'm so grateful that you have brought about um, a love letter and you've put it in our hands, and you allow us to seek your face. God, you're always seeking us. You're always pursuing us. Today I've felt you chasing me down and uh, just loving me again, and I'm so grateful. Who am I, God? Who are we that you would meet with us and that you would, would grow us and, and pursue us and want to have a relationship with us? So God, today I just confess to you I want to restart again with you. And I want to restart again with my fellow believers. And I want to restart again with my wife. God, I want to restart today. And I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, who is able to do it. Amen. Relationship Restart, that's our uh, series. And uh, open your Bible to Ephesians 5. I'm a little bit behind because we had baptisms and everything. So how about we cut the intro and we just get into it. Um, The title of the message today is How to Be a Godly Wife, a.k.a how to have a relationship with your husband, okay? So uh, just by way of reminder, uh, on Easter we said how to have a relationship with God, and then the week after Chris uh, was with us and he said how to have a relationship with other believers, right? That's really important. And then last week we talked about how to have a relationship with your wife, a.k.a. how to be a godly husband. And now today we're on how to be a godly wife, relevant to all of us. You're like, man, I'm a dude. Oh, you're going to see. It's relevant to all of us, okay? And uh, um, how to be a godly wife, a.k.a. how to have a relationship with your husband. Okay, now, godly wives. That's what we're going to focus on today. I don't want you to check out anybody. So uh, let's just read verse 21, Ephesians 5, 21. If you're there, say you're there. Good, a lot of you guys are there. That's, That's exciting. I just noticed there's a couple people in our service that I'm just really excited are here. You ever notice that? You ever like, just like, man, and then I just thought to myself, I can't really say that because I'm really excited all of you are here. But I want to say that. I'm excited you're here. I don't think that gets said enough. We just kind of dive into the word and then I'm like, I'm really excited you're here today. That was a really good choice to go to church, to be with God's people, to hear from his word. I'm blessed that you would come. And I, uh, as we open the word, um, man, thank you for being here. I really appreciate you being here. All right. Um, it says in verse 21 of Ephesians, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. We submit to one another. Now that is the foundation. I said that last week. I'm saying it again this week. I'll say it probably every week of this series now. The foundation for our relationships in Life, right? Me and you, Ryan. The foundation for our relationship is we submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. 
That's the foundation verse for the whole series. Now, it says in verse 22, wives, that's pretty particular, isn't it? It's pretty specific. He zoned it in now. If you're a woman and you're married, we're talking to you, okay? Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. All right, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, raise your hand. All right, you just got into the Bible right there. The church, right? When I say even as Christ is head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, if God's your Savior, you're in the Bible. There it is right there. Now, verse 24. Now, so right now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. I am not morbid, and I'm not looking for you to be really upset with me, but in my Bible, I'm just saying, I have in everything circled. So ladies, men, all of us alike, circle that. I think that's really important in everything, okay? We should submit to Jesus Christ in everything. That's what it's saying. Verse 24, now as the church submits to Christ. I started studying this last week, and when I got to this section, I got stuck. He's painting a very clear picture for us. Now, as the church submits to Christ. As the church submits to Christ. I'm not sure I'm going to do this. Okay, that's how I'm going to do it. All right. So I'm used to not having to hold the mic, but my lovely bride is going to be up here soon. So, that, so that's why I'm holding the mic. Is, was everybody wondering that? Y'all were wondering that. Come on, you guys can ask questions. Okay, so he gave us a picture now as the church submits to Jesus Christ. Okay, do you see the picture? Boom. That's my frame. Oh, no, hold on. Got to frame a picture. Boom. What did it say? Somebody read it for me again. What did it say? As the church submits to Jesus Christ. So let's just put Jesus Christ right here, and we'll just go... Under Jesus Christ, right? So this will be the church. Well, there's another way to draw the picture, isn't there? So the church should submit to Jesus Christ, right? So what do we have on top of churches? Oh, we have a steeple, don't we? Okay, another way to draw it is, this is my favorite one. My drawing skills are off the charts today. This is just a brilliant guy with high water pants. His left leg's a little bigger. He's got a really skinny neck. You all can't see my artwork. There you go. Look at that. Boom. Okay. So here it is. Where's Jesus? He's the head. So this is the picture that we're supposed to see, and it's supposed to be really, 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 and everybody said, really clear. But here's where I got stuck. How's it going? How's the church following Jesus Christ? How good are we at doing that, actually? I mean, if we're just going to be honest, right? 
There's just a ton of things you could say in that regard. And so I just thought, you know, maybe you could say where you feel like the picture's getting muddied, and I'll just write it up there in an effort to show what's happening, okay? So go ahead, tell me, where's the church failing, submitting to Christ? Give me something. Where are we failing at submitting to Christ? The church. Maybe where are you failing? Don't have to say that. You could do it for a friend. My friend really has trouble with evangelizing, okay? Submit. Reading. Leadership. Praying. Greed? That's what I heard. Greed. I heard of making disciples. There's a... Okay, something else. Let's go. We're testing my uh, ability to spell. Oh, thanks, thanks. Yeah, just keep testing. Isolation. There's a verse for that. It's uh, Proverbs 18.1. He who isolates himself seeks his own desire. Community? Selfishness? Community? Dude, baptism, that's a great one. We just experienced people saying, um, hey, I didn't do this. Why didn't I do this? Now I want to do this, and no condemnation. Like, when God gets you there, you do it, right? So, reconciliation. Okay, I heard that. Spiritual gifts. Okay. Sexuality. Pride. Are you getting the picture? It's getting muddy, isn't it? So the problem is when we start to sin, we start to do these things, the picture gets a little muddy. So it's supposed to be a really clear picture. Jesus Christ over me. That's headship. It's supposed to be a really clear picture. He's the head. I'm the body. It's supposed to be a really clear picture, right? We're the church. He died on the cross. And the problem is, as I'm trying to disciple my wife, Kimberly, I'm like, don't act like the church. I know how the church acts. Kimberly, please don't act like the church. Act like something else. Please. Right? And I don't want any of her husbands to feel that way. I want her husbands to feel like, hey, babe, look at how people are treating each other in that church. Look at how, how people talk to each other, how they're gentle with one another, how they love one another, how they have community, how they're not selfish, how they are reconciled to Christ, and therefore they're reconciled to each other. Look at that. And so, you know, I'm in my office, right? And I'm just flooded with all of these things like I drew up here. And I started to like go, man, that's too long of a list. i got to bucket these things a little bit. So I, I put five buckets together. Here it is. I will throw it up on the screen. Top five ways the church fails to submit to Jesus Christ. Hey, guys, this is for everybody. You wife or not, you're a wife to Jesus Christ. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, he's the head, you're the wife. <laughs> That's it. That's just how it rolls. And he was very clear with the picture. So here's the first thing. 
You can create your own list, and, uh, or you can borrow some of mine. But uh, we've named some, but here, let me give you five buckets. Here it is. First, church ordinances, right? The ordinances. There's two ordinances that I see in the scriptures. They're commandments of God. Uh, one is to be baptized. We're as baptized after salvation, as soon after as possible, right? Washed clean through the blood of the Lamb, right? It's an outward picture of what's happened inside my heart through the Holy Spirit's baptism. And then there's communion. We are to- I'm grieved on this. We are told when we get together to break bread together, to wait for one another. Everybody get here on time, right? <laughs> right to wait for one another and then to break bread and, and, and take communion um, so that we have like a remembrance of what Jesus Christ did for us. Now, i got to say to you, my own, I'm just going to use my own life because I can't use yours. I was saved at 16. I was baptized at 30. It seems like a lot of time. Why didn't I do it? Why didn't I know? Communion, I think we're still in flux on that. I believe communion is every time you eat and every time you drink. I was drinking a little water over here before I got up. His blood spilled for me, right? Now, I don't want to, like, muddy your theology or anything like that. I'm just saying, like, isn't it just like Jesus Christ to say, you're going to have to eat, you're going to have to drink. And every time you eat and every time you drink, guess what? Remember my son Jesus. I just think that's such a cool picture, and I want to remember more, right? I want to stop and pause more before I eat and think, man, what has Christ done for me? Now, the reason I don't do these things and the reason why the church gets these things kind of off and fails to submit to Christ in these things is because, for me, I didn't read the Word. I didn't read the Word. I was just trusting that the pastor was saying what he was saying. I was just trusting that I don't expect you to take my word for it. Go read it. You go read it, right? You grew up going to church and your pastor told you a lot of stuff, but if you didn't read it for yourself and you're not searching the scriptures out, then the Holy Spirit isn't really speaking to you, right? And so you need to go get in the scriptures, and that leads me to the second thing. I didn't take time to read the word, and so this is the second bucket, spiritual disciplines. I mean, reading, memorizing, (laughs) meditating on the word, these are all things that are going to help you. Prayer, fasting, Matthew 6 says, When you pray, when you fast, not if. Worshiping, serving, silence and solitude. I had to throw that one in there last. It's the one I really struggle at as I use lots of words today. Let me just sum it up for you. Listening. James 1, 19 and 20. Right? Be slow to speak. Quick to listen, right? Slow to anger. The wrath of man does not work the righteousness of God. These are good things. And obeying his voice and obeying the word of God are commandments. And that led me to this next bucket, which is God's commandments. See, God has 613 commandments in the Old Testament that the Pharisees would all get after. And we're not under the law, praise the Lord, right? Everybody say praise the Lord. Oh my goodness, that would be bad, right? Um, But even though we're not under the law, 
Christ came to fulfill the law, right? And so we're still looking at those commandments like thou shalt not murder, thou shalt not commit adultery. And we're like, yeah, that's a, that's a great idea, actually. I don't think we should do that. And, and basically, he comes to the New Testament, and he gives us these commandments. He gives us, one, the Great Commission. He gives us, two, the Great Commandment, Matthew 22, 37 through 39. And he, love God, love others. He says, it's all summed up in this. If you love God, and you love others, you're not murdering people. If you love God, and you love others, you're not lusting after a woman. If you love God, and you love others, you're not committing adultery. If you love God and you love others, you're not going to steal. So he sums it up with those things in the great commandment. And then this, the golden rule in Matthew 7, verse 12. So you have all these things. Well, I just thought I could sum it up for you this way. Uh, he says, go. Go is a pretty clear direction, right? If somebody says, go, what do you do? I sit. <laughs> no, no, that's a failure to submit, right? So Jesus said, go, and he gave us three things. He gave us the gospel. He gave us good works, and he gave us giving generously. These are three things that I say, hey, we got to obey God in these things. we got to go with the gospel, we got to go with good works, and we got to go with giving generously to one another, to anyone who will ask. This is God's commandment. And so many times God tells us what to do, and we fail to do it. When we fail to do it, it's called... Sin. That's what it's called. All right? Nobody wants to really bring that word out at church. It's the S word. But when we do it, when we do God's will, it builds our character. That leads me to the fourth thing. My character. This is a huge bucket for me. Because it is the most evident of Christ in me, the hope of glory. When my character is right... When I am, you just flip your Bible back to um, chapter 4. He says, chapter 4, verse 1. He says, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. These are all character qualities. And then in Galatians 5, 22 and 23, he gives you a whole list. Love, joy, peace, patience. That's where I always get stuck. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I think I might have got them all. Not in the right order. And I'm just telling you, these character qualities, when we fail at that, we're failing to be the church. We're failing to be the bride of Christ. And when we fail like that, I don't want my wife to look at the church and go, be like them. And so guys, all of us, right? We want so badly to be able to point to the church, to be able to point to something in this world and say, honey, be like that. Where should we be able to point? Honey, be like this, right? Imitate me as I imitate Christ. And when I'm not imitating Christ, would, could, I, could I tell you, please check me, you're my helper. Please check me on that. Do it in love, but check me. And then get in that relationship where you can submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, right? Hey, honey, if my character's not right, I need you to tell me. And if, you're not, if your character's off, could I, could I have license to tell you? Let's get into that kind of relationship. And that leads me to the last one, right? 
What's on the inside? My heart comes out, and it comes out in my relationships. This last bucket is relationships. So, our relationships. And I'm just going to say this, Matthew 18. Just write it down. Matthew 18, 15, start there. (laughs) This is how we handle conflict with each other. This is how we forgive one another. This is the thing. Follow this template, and it'll be fine, right? There's so many things in the Bible about one another's in relationships, but that's just one that's been really helpful to me. Let's be careful with our words with one another. Let's be careful with our attitudes towards one another. Let's be careful with our actions towards one another. We need repentance. We need restoration always, daily. And, and, we need a restart. That's what we need. We need a restart. We need a relational restart. And so, we'll get back to the wives here in a second. But as a church, as the bride of Christ, every person that calls himself a believer, we need to submit to Jesus Christ, our Savior. Can I ask you a quick question? Where is your life in regards to that? Is there something in your life where you are being unsubmissive to Jesus Christ and his word? If there is, would you repent of that today? Would you see, the word's been clear here. And and I'm wrong. And I want to submit to Jesus, not to my own thing, or my past church, or my pastor now. Like, I want to submit to Jesus, right? Where do you need to submit to the love of Jesus. I love that way. I love that way to say it. Where do you need to submit, not to the authority of Jesus, but to the love of Jesus? When Jesus says, do it this way, he says, don't do it that way. Don't hurt yourself. Do it this way. It's the best way for you. I love you. I love you. I'm going to ask my wife to come up. Kimberly, I'm going to grab a couple of chairs here. Um, we'll make a little transition. I've taken a lot of time, sis. Sorry about that. Um, I got it. And... Um, you sit over there. I'll sit over here. I like you on my right side because you're the best. And um, this is my wife, Kimberly, um, and she's my better half for sure. <laughs> um, here, here's what I'm going to say. I want to give honor to whom honor is due. And uh, the Bible's pretty clear. I'm going to just throw Titus up on the screen, Titus 2, that this is kind of how it goes in the church. So um, older women, sorry, honey. <laughs> it's a great way to introduce your wife. Yeah, older women. <laughs> Someday you're going to thank me. Someday you're going to thank me, but not now. (laughs) Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, and I see that in my wife, not to be a slanderer or slaves to much wine. Um, They are to teach what is good, and so train young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind, and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. And I see this in my wife's life. I see her living it out. Not perfectly. Trust me. But I see her living it out in her life. And I think honor given to whom honor is due. And so I want to bring her up here. Because who's more qualified to teach godly wives than me? Right here. Right? <laughs> so I'm going to give it over to her. All right? All right. Well, great. I am grateful to be able to just talk to you wives about um, this passage a little bit, about what God's doing in my life and what I've learned over the last 22 years of being married to Steve. So yes, we're not super young anymore, but 
Um, it's been a, a wild ride at times, but um, really awesome, and I've learned a lot. And so as I was studying through Ephesians 5 this week, there's a lot of things um, that God brought to mind that I just want to teach you. So wives, if you listen in, um, this is for you, and men, you get to just listen along and learn a little bit more about your wife through this. So um, going back to Ephesians 5:22, I'm just going to read that for you once again. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. And that word submit um, is sometimes a tricky word for us as ladies, right? Like our world wants to um, make it a negative connotation and when it's not. Um, what submit means is to arrange yourself under someone's authority. And um, in my mind, I just boil down that to the word follow. I want to follow my husband's leadership. Um, that's what submit means. We're arranging ourselves under his leadership. Um, so the first thing I want you guys to write down um, get your pen handy, get it going. Follow your husband as you follow Jesus. So the second part of that verse says, ask to the Lord. And I think really this week was the first time I really dug into what that means, um, ask to the Lord. And truly it means um, submitting as part of my service to the Lord. So God's calling me to place or arrange myself under my husband's leadership and so it's really a step of obedience. So as to the Lord, as because I want to obey Christ, I am submitting myself under Steve's leadership. So it's an obedience thing. Just as God's word calls me to serve him here at church or um, love my children, he's asking me to place myself under his authority. So it's an obedience thing. So I'm doing as to the Lord because I want to obey Christ. Um, so when I'm obeying and submitting and, and um, leaning into Steve's leadership, I'm actually truly obeying what Christ is asking me to do. Um, there's a direct correlation there. So I thought what would best illustrate this today is um, pulling out an umbrella, which my lovely husband has ready for us. So, <laughs> All right. So the umbrella. Um, it, this is just a great way to show like um, how... Leadership. This is like our leadership, right? And um, Steve's holding that umbrella. And um, as I arrange myself under his leadership, I can do that by um, placing myself under that protection, right? And that um, guidance that God's given for me. So there are four things that I want you ladies to know about um, submission. So write these four things down. Number one, Submission acknowledges. And I'm going to just read a little quote I read out of one of the commentaries this week. It says, Just as the church, as the bride of Christ, acknowledges his authority and seeks to please him, we also need to acknowledge our husband's authority and seek to please him. And I just love that correlation. As I'm trying to seek Christ, just because he is the head of the church, I'm also seeking to try to please my husband because he is the head of our home. Um, so submission acknowledges, that's number one. I am acknowledging that he is holding the umbrella, right? Like a lot of times we don't want to acknowledge that or we want to hold the umbrella ourselves. And so I'm acknowledging that God, not that only that he's holding the umbrella, but God has actually handed him the umbrella to hold. You know, it's not like he just happened to get to it first or picked it up off the ground and ran with it um, or we're trying to fight over it. No, God's actually placed it in his hand to hold. And until like death do us part, that's his job. Um, to hold that umbrella of protection and, and leadership over me and my children. Um, write down number two, submission is voluntary. 
So submission is not forced or demanded by the husband. Um, they're not forced into this, right? Like when I took my vows 22 years ago, and when you took your vows, maybe you didn't really realize what you were committing to, but you, what you were really committing to is you were standing on your own and you were committing to arrange yourself under his leadership. Um, so it was a voluntary act of committing to that. And yeah, I got married when I was 20, so I give my age away, right? I was young. I don't even think I truly understood maybe all that meant. And maybe you are here sitting there thinking, man, I didn't even realize that's somewhat to what I was committing to, um, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. But, you know, you can commit to that today too, right? And I think there's a tendency, you know, as you've been married a long time, you're going to find um, yourself wanting to, pull, you know, pull on that umbrella, pull it away, or you want to, like, try to sneak up on, out from underneath that and do your things your own way. And so it's a continual thing, just like when our relationship with Christ, uh, um, I read the word every day to redirect myself to follow Christ. I need to voluntarily each day redirect myself under that protection of my husband. So it's a voluntary thing. All right, point number three under that, um, four things you need to know about submission. First of all, you, submission acknowledges, submission is voluntary. And number three, submission is not about ability. So it's not that I can't hold the umbrella, like I am capable of holding an, uh, the umbrella, right? I can hold the umbrella, I can lead, um, I have wisdom, I have gifts, there's things that I can use to help um, in our family. So it's not about ability. And I thought that was a really great point. Um, to make because it's not about weakness or the inability to do that. It's, the, it's just what God's called the man in our lives to do. And I thought about this. We don't really pull this umbrella out very often. The only time really we pull it out is at football games. So when Noah and Tate were playing football and you'd go and it's a rainy Saturday, uh, you'd pull that umbrella out and my younger three kids would all like try to you know, hover underneath it and, um, you know, you sit there for an hour and a half, and it's usually like 40 degrees, you know, and you're freezing, and you're holding that umbrella. And after an hour and a half of holding that, I'm kind of thinking, why can't someone else hold this dumb umbrella? This is just killing me, and I'm freezing, my hands like frozen. And um, I think that, like, as ladies, we got to realize that it's not an easy job to hold the umbrella, to, like, be the leader of the home and to have that weight and responsibility. And so instead of wrestling um, sometimes with that and not following our husband's lead, it, it's much easier to realize, wow, I'm thankful and I'm grateful for him holding that and being that leader of our home and taking on that responsibility that can be so um, hard and weighty and in ways that we don't even understand how weighty that can be. And so um, just thinking about that, like not, it's not about the fact that you can't hold the umbrella. And I truly believe with God's grace, if Steve would pass away and I would be on my own, that God would give me the gifts and the ability to hold the umbrella and really do both roles on my own. But I'm thankful he's not called me to do that. Right now, I don't have to do that. I can um, lean into his strengths and he can lean into mine and we can do it as a team. We can be one in it. All right, so last thing on submission. Four things you should know about submission. Number four, submission is conditional upon dependent or upon obedience in God. Let me say that again. Submission is conditional upon obedience to God. So that's a really important um, statement, right? It's only conditional if our husbands are asking us to do something that goes against God's word, directly against his word. 
So we want to remember to keep Christ as our number one focus, right? Like if, if there is a discrepancy in what is going on, we're going to go to the God's word first. We follow Christ first, then we follow our husbands. So it's only conditional upon him um, asking us to go against what God has already ordained in the Bible to be true and what he wants us to do in there. So you may be asking yourselves, okay, well, what if my husband's not following Christ? Um, what if he's not a believer? Or maybe he is a believer, but he's just not really leading well or following Christ. So I want to just take you guys to Second Peter, First Peter 3, 1 and 2. We're going to put that up on the screen for you guys. All right, I'm going to go ahead and read it for you. Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives when they see your respectful and pure conduct. And so whether your husband's a believer or not, God's still calling us to follow his leadership the best that we can. Um, without sinning, without going against God and his word, we're still going to follow his leadership whether he's believing or not believing or whether he's just maybe not walking in that, we're going to follow that leadership to the best of our ability. All right, so where are you guys in that, right? I just want to quickly ask you those questions. Like, have you placed yourself under your husband's leadership? And maybe you did that with your vows, but you didn't really understand what that meant. And so I just want to challenge you today. Maybe that's something you really need to commit to today. You need to say, you know, I'm willingly going to make an effort to put myself under my husband's protection and leadership and, and submit to him. Um, or maybe you have and you knew that, but you're just in a spot today where you find yourself wanting to either pick up the umbrella and hold it yourself. You want to get out from underneath that. You feel like that oppression a little bit. I just want to do things my own way. And I'm just challenging you to really think about that. Maybe get um, with a friend and just talk about that. How can you really repent of that and hand that back over to the Lord and be, have that willing heart to say, Lord, I really want to get to a spot where I can um, be wanting to submit, wanting to be under my husband's um, leadership and authority. Um, so I just challenge you guys to commit to that, move back under that umbrella and um, see what God's going to do. Because we know obedience brings blessing. So if you start that, start with that obedience, then the blessings will truly follow. Um, all right, so we're going to move on to the next verse. Ephesians 5.23. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself, him, is himself the Savior. So um, that's just, you know, Steve's already talked about that quite a bit. Christ is the head of the church, the church is the body, and there's a direct um, parallelism there that the husband is the head, which implies that we wives, we are the body. And so there's a oneness there, right? And we saw that back in Genesis 2.18 last week. Steve um, had us read that. And we're going to put that up on the screen as well. Genesis 2.18 says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make a helper fit for him. And we were made to be a suitable helper for our husbands. And um, com to complete him, really, to be one, to be um, strengthened in that relationship. So um, I feel like Steve does a wonderful job of being the head of our home. Um, headship is not dictatorship. He's not ruling over me as a dictator. He's really awesome about coming to me, and we make decisions together. He asks me my opinion. We talk through things. 
um, whether it's what sports the kids are going to play to what's on our schedule for the evening, really any time outside of you being at work, I feel like you're always like, you know, we talk about what it's going to be like, what decisions we're going to um, do financially, um, socially, um, with the kids, and we try to come to agreement on that. But I will say, there, you know, there's been a handful of times where we, we don't see eye to eye on what's best for either the kids or for our schedule, um, our vacation, our extra free time or whatever, and or how to spend our money. And that is when God's calling us to submit to their final decision, and that's okay to rest in that, that you can trust God in that, that he's going to use that, and it's going to be okay, and whether it's a good decision or a poor decision, he still can redeem that and use it and grow us in, in our character through that. And um, I do appreciate that about my husband, though, that we have a really great relationship in that. We can talk about things and um, communicate well. But in the, in the end, you know, Steve is accountable to God and responsible for my spiritual and physical well-being as well as the family's. And so because of that, he has the say in the end of what's going to happen in our family. Um, all right, so last but not least, um, how can we be that suitable helper to complete him? Um, the, the second point was, just so if you haven't written this down, um, complete your husband as Jesus completes you. Complete your husband as Jesus completes you. And how can I be that suitable helper that can complete my husband? And uh, this week, Lorraine, Steve's mom, came over for dinner, and Steve picked her up, and then I had the privilege of taking her home, which was really fun. And on the way home, she was telling me about a radio show that she was listening to on the Christian radio station, and it said, you know, these are four things that wives can do to really um, love their husbands well and submit to them well. And I'm going to share those four things with you. Um, I thought they were really, really awesome, and um, we love having Lorraine come over. She's, she's been a really great impact in my life and shares wonderful spiritual things, but truly, she doesn't maybe even know this, the real reason I bring her over is because then after dinner, we play games, and we, so we got out the rook cards, and she can still beat Steve at almost any game, <laughs> which is really awesome because no one else in the family can ever beat him, and so I've given up playing, and it's just really frustrating, but then like secretly, I'm like on the way home so excited because like, hey, you won, that's awesome. <laughs> And uh, anyway, but I do love the spiritual wisdom as well. And uh, so anyway, she shared these four things with me. And this is just four ways to complete your hubby. So ladies, you can write these four things down. Four ways to complete your hubby. Um, number one is to affirm him. And I'm just going to read a few tangible ways that you can do that. Uh, praise him for his commitment to provide and protect you. Praise him for making good decisions and be gracious when he makes poor decisions or decisions you just don't agree with. Another way we can affirm him is to tell him that you value his hard work. Many of our husbands go to work early in the morning, come home late, and you know, just telling them how much you value their work ethic and how much they're pouring into that is awesome. goes a long way. All right, so another way that you can complete your husband is number two, to encourage. So we have affirm and we have encourage. Um, when I think of affirmation, I think of the words that I'm saying, building them up with my words. And when I think of encouragement, I think of more like the gift of helps, um, being able to help him 
um, tangibly with something that I'm doing. And I think maybe in our relationship, I was trying to think of like maybe what's something that really helps my husband maybe the most. And maybe just right now with the stage of life we're in with teenagers and little ones and, you know, public school, homeschool, all these things going on, it's maybe just helping him with our family schedule and just kind of having that sewed up, knowing where everybody's going and what time they need to be there and making sure all the rides are arranged and that sitters need to be there or auntie's picking up so-and-so and taking them wherever. And I think that just takes a, lot, a big weight off of his shoulders. And so I think that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about in, um, encouraging them um, with something. So I'm asking you guys, like for you it might be different. Um, what could you do this week to tangibly encourage your husband? What is something you could do? And I want you to write that down on your paper, right? Like, what can you do to encourage your husband this week? All right, number three, honor. So we have affirm, encourage, and number three is honor. And when I thought of the word honor, I was thinking about Proverbs 31. If you haven't read that lately, definitely write that down and go ahead and read that this week. It will really encourage you in honoring your husband. Here are some tangible things you could do to show honor to your husband. Speak highly of him in front of others and in front of your kids. Disagree with him only in private and honor his authority in front of the kids. And I'll tell you, this is probably my weakest one, is um, if I feel like there is, uh, I don't know, just something that I don't agree with in the way he's um, speaking to the kids or a decision he's making with the children, it's so hard for me not to want to bite on that right away and and give my two cents worth or try to change the situation, but really to do that behind closed doors is really honoring to him and his authority over the family and then talking about that and then coming back and, you know, making the decision and talking more about it with the kids later, not right on the spot. So it's something I've been really working on. And another way we can honor him is um, give your reasons for disagreeing quietly and reasonably. Um, I think a lot of times when we disagree, we want to get fired up about it. We want to bring um, some harsher words, um, louder tones. But when we are disagreeing, like how much better is it for us to just talk quietly and um, calmly about the way we're disagreeing? All right, last but not least, so we have affirm, encourage, honor. And number four is support. Okay, wherever your husband is weak, be strong, right? That's what this whole um, complementary roles are, of this oneness, where he is maybe weak and you notice that it's a spot where he could use your help, a little extra help, be strong there for him. Um, or maybe it's not even a weakness, it's just a place that you know he really needs your help. And so for us, I think that's Sunday mornings. That's probably the, the busiest time for Steve, the um, most pressured time for him. And I see him getting up five o'clock in the morning, at least by five. He's up and at it. He's at the kitchen table studying, finishing up what he wants to say. And by the time we're rolling out of bed, he's just heading out to church. And so one way I can support him is to really, um, with a willing heart and a happy heart, get the kids up, ready for church, get them dressed, feed them breakfast, and it doesn't always go very smoothly, but we do it. We get out the door, and that's um, a way I can support him and, um, and doing it with a happy heart and, and not begrudgingly. And then, you know, it doesn't, it just never fails. At least once a month, I think he calls me right at 8.15 and says, oh, by the way, I forgot, you know, and here I'm like, I just loaded up five Bibles and snacks and waters and 
all this stuff to make it through the next four or five hours, and you can't even remember, like, one, one thing you needed, you know? But instead of being, like, really ornery about that, just be like, okay, yep, I can help you, and be willing to do that. And, like, the worst is when he's like, yeah, I think it's in the garage, in the tub, way on top of the, you know, shelf, way up high. I'm thinking, oh, man, okay, I don't have time, but I'm going to make time, and I'm willingly going to find that thing he's looking for. Um, so support your husband. Find a way that you can... Um, just help him out, whether he knows you're even helping or not. You can do it kind of secretly even. All right, so that's my challenge for you guys this week. How can you complete your husband? Maybe focus in on one of those four that you really think, man, I need to affirm more. I need to encourage more honor, support, and um, go from there and find, find ways to do that. And I think as we realize that as a, as a wife, I think we all know that God is not done with us. We're, we are sinners. We fail. We're not complete. I'm growing, I'm changing all the time, and hopefully closer to Christ. But I know I'm not complete, and I know he's not either. And that gives me grace to remember, like, he's not perfect either. And by God's grace, we can help each other. So we're going to do this last point kind of together, and we're going to require mm-hmm. your participation if you're married. Uh, or not require, but ask <laughs> if you would participate. Let's just say that. And uh, so we just thought, you know, to, ru- to wrap this up, you know, husbands last week, wives this week, it's really, it's really this. Uh, we need to restart, right? So restart your relationship because Jesus reconciled you. You know, Jesus reconciled you to God through the blood of the cross. I hope that you know that. And Jesus reconciled you to your spouse. It's God's design that you're together. He brought you together. And you're like, well, I don't believe that. Well, I believe in the sovereignty of God. I believe that he did that. I believe we have a free will and a choice. And so I just want to say to the singles, listen up right now. Don't force this thing. If God's not in it, don't do it. Right? Don't go get married because you have a vision that you need to be together. And wasn't it awesome that we preached on this and we got to get a husband or got to get a wife right now? No. You pray. You wait on the Lord for that because this is a big deal. All right? And so uh, be reconciled to the person you're supposed to be reconciled to. Um, and make sure that person is reconciled to God before you marry them, right? That's the most important thing. So I'm um, just going to ask husbands, wives, anybody um, that's here that's already done their vows uh, to come down front and to join us, and uh, we're just going to lead you guys in kind of a renewal thing, and then at the end, we'll let you pick up one of those uh, handy-dandy cards, which has the vows on it, front and back, and uh, some roses, uh, I don't know how many. Uh, let's just go with one or two. How about that? And make sure you get those to your bride. And then, um, and yeah, then we'll close our service that way. All right? So, hey, men, if you're willing and you've asked your wife this week, I tried to give you a head up, that they're willing, um, go ahead, stand up, come on down, and we're going to get started on that. All right, guys, what I want you to do is get down here on the carpet, and I want you to hold your wife's hands, okay? Something like this. <laughs> We're running a little over time. Sorry about that. And so uh, I just want to acknowledge that. that uh, it's a pretty big service, but we want to take the time to do this. And so... Um, yeah, grab, grab your wife's hands. With all these people up here, this is pretty cool. This is really cool. 
I'm glad you guys are all willing to recommit. So, hey, I'm just going to read this um, over you. It's on the screen as well, guys, if you need. I'm going to ask you to repeat after me, men. So I'll say it, then you guys say it. And then I just want to give you like a minute, just a minute, right, at the end to say anything you want to say or to pray over your bride, okay? I'll just give you a minute right there, okay? Kimberly, I joyfully recommit to you. You don't say Kimberly. Don't say that. <laughs> you got you to gotta fill in your wife's name. Here, let's go again. Whoa, that was close. You're not committing to my wife. I'm committing to my wife. So you say whatever you want to say, but I'm definitely personalizing it. Kimberly, I joyfully recommit to you. Believing that God is working in our marriage now more than ever. Therefore, today I recommit before God and these witnesses to love you like Jesus loves the church. I am committed to following Jesus which grows my love for you. I will treasure you as a gift from God as long as we both shall live. All right, take a minute. Okay, ladies, it's your turn. So once again, personalize it for your husband. Steve, I joyfully recommit to you. Believing that God is working in our marriage. Now more than ever. Therefore, today I commit before God and these witnesses. To follow you like the church follows Jesus. I'm committed to you because I'm committed to Jesus. I will treasure you as a gift from God as long as we both shall live. All right, so my wife gets to lead in this regard because it was her one minute, and she said, I feel like you should say you may kiss your bride. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm going to let her lead. So go ahead, you may kiss your bride. <laughs> Love you, baby. That was a great idea. That was a God moment right there. All right, well, hey, guys, um, make sure you get a rose. Make sure you get the vows, and uh, we're just going to close our service. I just want to pray over these relationships, and then uh, we'll just throw out some walkout music, okay? God, thank you for these people that came down and said, we want to commit to each other again. We love you, Lord, because you love us so much. And you've given us the word and you've given us a relationship here, which is a picture of you and your bride, the church. And we see the picture of the church and the bride, and we want to follow that as well, of how you and your bride interact, how you lovingly lead the church. So God... 
Would you strengthen the marriages? The marriages in this church and in this world are under attack. These people are committed. Put a hedge of protection around them. Guide them. Help the man to love like you love. Help the woman to submit like the church submits. And we pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.